to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. about me, I have incredibly good judgment. One, I married Jill. And two, I appointed Johnson to the Academy. I just want you to know that. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I'm recording now. I can't... I'll go back and edit and put it in here. I can't play it like on the mix, but um, in case anyone didn't see this, I'm going to be dropping in the audio of the coolest thing Biden has ever said, uh, which is the other day... I, can't, I don't even know what the context of this was it just kind of went viral on twitter he was at some thing where he's just doing biden stuff and he's like um you know he just trails off like he usually does and he's talking about his wife and he's like and that's why you know dr jill and then he just busts out with this sentence clap for that you stupid bastards <laughs> it's pretty cool right <laughs> i know we like to make fun of joe biden and i know he's gonna get us all killed and everything but uh it, for a second i was kind of like yeah, this is how you should be running against Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Incoherently. It's a, com- <laughs> it's a command because before we had Jeb Bush, who was asking, he was like, please clap. Yeah. You know, he was, it, it, it cucked him out of the nomination. People thought that was too weak. And so Biden is commanding people to clap. It's uh, very, you know, yeah. he's commandeering. The the tweet that went viral was literally was the tweet was the the virgin please clap versus the Chad clap your hands you stupid bastards. Right. I tend to agree. Anyway, that's how we'll open the show today. Hello, uh, I am Jake Flores. This is Pod Damn America. Anders Lee, what's up? Anders Lee here. And joining us are special guests from the Violet Wanderers podcast. Ian and Alexis, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, thank you. Hi. Um, glad to have you on. Uh, basically, I heard your story. I thought it'd be a perfect fit for our show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and you, the job you are applying for currently, Ian? You go with the podcast. I'll go with the with the with the with job, the job. <laughs> so that gives you a chance to shut the door. <laughs> yes. Um, so our podcast is a all trans uh, hosted pop culture and comedy podcast. We also occasionally do interviews where I just kind of randomly ask people who are way above my uh, weight class on Twitter to come on the show, and sometimes they do. Like we've had one of the founders of Occupy Wall Street came on way early in the show, wow. but most of the time. It's just really perverted, stupid bullshit and pop culture commentary. We play stupid games. Uh, we have one called Incel Mageddon that I torture my uh, co-hosts oh, with. God. It's the game that crushes your soul. And and yeah, we just we play games. We talk about movies and music and 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 things going on in the world. Way too much better sex life. And way too much better sex life. <laughs> what is it, what's Incel Mageddon? Can we get a little sneak preview? <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> gonna kill them too, man. I probably maybe can. I've already played this game. This sounds like something uh, I have basically, done unintentionally. Basically, I go on to either incel forums or a lot of times I'll filter it through like one of the 
Twitter sites or like we hunted the mammoth, one of the people that tracks them, I find the most horrific things that incels have said. And then I make just a guessing game of uh, which of these four options is the one that I made up and which of the, and, and the other three oh. are all real. And so well, it's wait, like, wait, don't know, tell me about uh, yeah, a little, okay. just, just a little bit of that. And yeah, it's because those quotes are so just mind blowingly bad. My co-hosts generally wind up depressed. I almost <laughs> never play that game when we have a new guest on because they will never come back if I do <laughs> learn that through hard experience. But yeah, we just like I said, it's it's pop culture, it's comedy. We tell jokes, we have dumb sketches. I think I sent one to you, Jake, about the gender uh, reveal party stuff. Oh yeah, and, you uh, predicted the future. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we did a little we did a little sketch on that. You know, we do sketches about uh, idiotic right wing militias, and I, I think there's a sketch that's called like Ben Shapiro's snacks don't care about your feelings, stupid shit like that. Fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just it's just dumb fun. But. I like the uh, the gamification of the internet. I hadn't thought of that. I did occur. One just occurred to me. Uh, what if we did like instead of name that tune, it's name that take, and then you're reading tweets, and it's like I can name that uh, t- take in three slurs or something. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. a that's a Annika Chin qu- quote or something. I don't know. Um, well, anyway. I, I, Good. I do have one upcoming game that's got a bunch of like uh, I think there's Amber Ailey Frost and like Nick Fuentes quotes and shit in it. So <laughs> sorry. <Nice>. Anyway, <laughs> oh, All right, man. now now our son is crashing in here. Felix, Felix this is not our podcast. You need what? to go. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's right. That happens Adios. all the time on Adios. our show. It's just with cats. Yeah. Um, well, our cats, cats aren't allowed in the bedroom. Otherwise, they would be in here too. But uh, coroner, yeah. that is what I'm. Yes, that is what I'm uh... running for. Um, it, we live in a very small town in East Central Indiana, and coroner is apparently an elected position here. It's not everywhere, I don't think. But and our coroner, you don't have to be a doctor. Basically, the uh, coroner. I am, I am in the medical field, but I'm not a doctor yet. Um, I, I do plan on going back to school and becoming one. Um, basically, our Dem Party chairman, is, is that what he is, chairman? The county party chairman. Yeah, the county party chairman was like, uh, we have some ballot you know, spots to fill. And one of them was you know, coroner. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. How do I be the coroner? And so he's like, you go <laughs> fill out the paperwork. And I filed it on the last day to file. So the guy that I'm running against had already been through the primary against like this Tea Party guy. And <clears throat> he won against the crazy Tea Party guy. But he has been actually doing the job of assistant coroner for or deputy coroner for 12 years. So it's a bit of an uphill battle. But uh, yeah, so you don't have to be a doctor here. The coroner here basically picks up the dead bodies and uh, transports them to Muncie's Ball, Ball State Hospital where the pathologist, you know, does the autopsies and stuff. So it's mostly paperwork and Wait, You're signing the death certificates. And signing the death certificates, yeah. And, and yeah. Right. So you are the Democratic nominee then for... I am. Oh, I am. awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, two things, I guess, about this interest me. One, it, I, obviously, the uh, reason for a trans person having an interest in becoming coroner is got to be that uh, 
the coroner like literally dead names people, right? Yes. There's yes. Been yep, that's... all these instances of this over the years. Um, yes. And then the ability to become coroner, uh, this is like one of those AOC backdoor type things, I guess, to me, it seems like, because <laughs> I, I did a little reading into like what exactly a coroner is today, because it didn't occur to me that the coroner is elected. I just never really thought about it. So I looked into the history of what a coroner is where that job comes from. And it's really interesting because the rules are different everywhere. Uh, yep. In a lot of places, you don't have to have any medical experience at all. And part of that is uh, I'm going to go through uh, a Wikipedia page here. I'll go take us through a little bit of history. <laughs> um, coroner as a name comes from the phrase custos placatorum coroni, which means keeper of the pleas of the crown. And it's a job that was that sounds like a Gregorian chant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or like a fucking weird. Uh, well, no, not a Harry Potter thing. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, so if you play it on a tape backwards three times, it sends the demon back to hell. That's what it does. Yeah. And it sends nice. them there with the wrong pronouns on their. Yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs> um, eleven ninety four. This goes back to medieval times, and it's a job that essentially was uh, like a counterpart to the sheriff. Uh, coroner literally comes from coronet, the cr- crown, the root word of uh, coronavirus. Also, incidentally, hmm, I'm doing a lot of etymology on the show these days. Um, <laughs> and word. essentially, the job was a record keeper's job. So. It wasn't always particularly to do with death, but it became centered around death around uh, times where suicides could result in chattel, goods, money, things like that, that the crown realized, oh, we got to have somebody who can, like, if these things aren't correctly spoken for, just convert back into the monarchy. Like, we can come take your stuff if you die and you're not, like, an elected official or something. And uh, <laughs> I looked this up. I looked up the, the actual, let me find the page here. It's um, the Coroner Society of England and Wales, which is where this all comes from. They have their history lit- written right on their website. And uh, one of the original functions of the coroner was to discover any any buried treasure in the community which the person might have owned. Which is Sweet. Kind of fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you just got a whole new plank for your platform. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that was a big problem in like the fucking 11, 1200s or whatever. Um, Pirates. Later, coroners go on to uh, move into Wales as, uh, was it, they invade. There's a Norman conquest, and there's this continuing habit of killing Normans. A heavy fine was levied on any village where a dead body was discovered on the assumption that it was presumed to be Norman unless it could be proved English. So this kind of lawyer position gets involved into proving a dead person is English so that you can't convict them of a, a crime known as a uh, murderum, which is where murder comes from. And uh, blah, 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 blah. History goes from there. Um, Did they prove them to be English? Did they break out the forceps or something? I just look at the teeth, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm kind of curious about the like the ideology behind coroner dead naming if that's like something that's especially reserved for for trans people or if that's just like kind of an ideology if you're a coroner it's like your name is your name and this it says this you know it's a piece of paper from 30 years ago that we need to 
abide by and it's going to rule the rest of your life. Is it, is it that, or are they more flexible with cisgendered people who um, want a different name or, or like, what's the reason behind that? I'm not exactly sure. I think it probably depends on where you're located. Mm -hmm. Like I know, you know, in places like New York and stuff, uh, trans people frequently have their, you know, chosen name on there. And, but I do know that there are, times where a trans person has legally changed their name. Like I just, my, my name was legally changed yesterday in the court. So. Oh, another um, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. My uh, ballot and stuff still has my old name, but it does have Ian in parentheses on it. I was, I was able to get that passed through. But and we had to go to court because. I don't know why we have to go to court. Because otherwise we were going to have to print your old name, new name and address in the newspaper. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, transphobes were, ch- you know, I'm changing my gender. Come get me. Well, no, changing my gender is a different thing, but... Yeah, anyway, sorry. But anyway, so I do know that sometimes even people who have legally changed their name, families, there's nothing to stop a family. Like, my spouse could say, well, you know, Ian legally changed his name, and, you know, it's legal, it's in the paper, or it's in, you know, the court documents and everything, it's all filed. But my mom could come in and be like, well, I, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, I'd be like, you know their name is, you know, this, that's what I named them 45 years ago. And even though, you know, my spouse and I have been married from, you know, for 14 years, we've been together for 20 years, almost my parents could declare that they wanted, you know, it published as my, you know, dead name, a a name that I personally haven't even used in several years and is now legally, you know, not my name anymore. Mm. So that does exist in, in all sorts of areas, not just, you know, rural areas, but I do know that, you know, a lot of times in rural areas, you have, you know, bigots and, you know, backwater, you know, thoughts and small mindedness. And we, you know, live in a very rural area. There's not a lot of trans people here. There are a few, I'm not the only one, but you know, it is. It can be kind of an uphill court battle. So most most of the stuff that we have to deal with is like addiction here, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and right. a lot of you know. I, I'm running on a platform of compassion because you know a lot of times the coroner job, as you said, it's a lot. It's a lot of paperwork, and people just kind of get pushed through. And oh, they're an addict. You know, we don't we don't need to. You know, we know what they died from. Big deal. Slow news day. Move on. Next. And that's just kind of how, you know, people are treated in death. And I want them to be seen as, you know, a flawed human, a human, you know, that had interests, you know, a human that had a favorite TV shows and just had an illness, you know, so. Right. But, well, a little bit more history related to this. Uh, so when the job morphed into uh, births and uh, death record keeping after the 1836 act of that name, births and death registration. Uh, and that happened during uh, the cholera plague because like we're experiencing right now, a lot of people are dying all over the place. Right. So there's this like need for like some sort of a record keeper, but um, there's sort of, I guess like a historically like the cor- coroner a lot of times doesn't, keep records of every death it's only situations in which they're suspicious or right 
because uh, because all the murder and stuff like that. They also said that uh, a lot of the coroner's job became more relevant during a time when they just suspected poison was a thing that people were getting uh, oh. killed by, and then you know it looked like a natural death. So now you have an inspection or whatever. Um, and then slowly, I guess it sort of works its way into you know we have like all these police involved, police involved, fucking cops killing people. You know they call them police involved shootings and stuff like that. Um, but. Uh, there's also a lot of like suicides and things like that and i guess i was reading about the specific issues related to trans people being dead named and it seemed that the issue kind of centered around conflicts between the person's partner if they had one and then the family who maybe was you know not uh what do you call it empathetic to uh, yes. you know their their identity um and then the third factor that would kind of put a wedge between those two people was the like the the state governments all having different you know interpretations of the defensive or what well, not the defense the the you know uh the other one <laughs> um um so can you i guess speak to uh how that plays out in uh i guess in specifically where you're from in indiana uh you know how's it set up there well here um i'm not sure about like in indianapolis itself but like in our in our county and i'm imagining it's probably the same statewide um like i know other other states you do have to be like a medical examiner or be an md or a do in order to to be the coroner here you don't it's more you know record keeping um i'm not exactly sure on the amount of dead trans people that have you know been dead named here in this state I, they do, it does pop up on occasion, like, you know, in articles and stuff where that, where that has happened. And it is an issue. It is a problem. Um, it happens more frequently than you think, but, and now our son is coming in. I'll get him. Okay. Felix. Look, I made an upgrade. No, away. What did, what did Felix make? What's the upgrade? I don't know. He's been playing with magnets and putty all day and like trying to light things on fire. So. Cool. Whoa. He's not. He's very magnetic. Experiments. Um, so he made putty out of uh, baby bell cheese wax. <laughs> that sounds like it might not smell uh, great, but great. interesting yeah. nonetheless. Especially lit on fire. But. <laughs> um, but so do you basically see the solution to this problem uh, as sort of on sort of an institutional level as getting more coroners in place just throughout the country who. Uh, take their discretion seriously about, you know, names and actually take it on themselves to, uh, as you say, use, use compassion. I like that term, even for, uh, the deceased and it really investigate and get to the bottom of what these people's individuals would want to be, uh, remembered as. Right. Yes. And there, we need more, you know, people running for, for office, different offices in general, um, but we especially need more, you know, LGBTQ, you know, plus people in office. Like mm-hmm. right now, if I win, I'd be the first transgender candidate or first transgender coroner. I'm sorry, in the country, perhaps the world. I don't. You I weren't don't, able to find anyone. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure about the world when I looked it up, but I'd be the first one in the U.S. So, cool. and it's just, I mean, it's just me in this tiny town of you know five thousand people. So it's kind of drawn, draw, starting to draw like national attention, which is a little weird for me, uh-huh. but um, 
yeah, it, it is a little odd because, I mean, like I said, we're in a town of like 5,000 people. You know, we have like four stoplights here. So, but it's doable because it's, you know, such a small number of doors you need to, to knock ultimately, right? Yeah. And I mean, it, it is, we're a very red county in a very red state. I mean, you know, the vice president was our, was our governor. Um, his brother is, you know, currently running for uh, senator or representative. representative. No. He's he is our current representative, and he's going for reelection. That's just right. like like I think this is his third or fourth term. Yeah, and I mean it, it it's disheartening because I mean the Pence brothers own this like antique mall like south of south of Indy, and they peddle all sorts of like racist memorabilia in there, like you know like the 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 the, the mammies and stuff, and mammies and lawn jockeys, and mammies and lawn jockeys and hmm. stuff, and and they own the building, and they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to remove that. It's it's quote unquote history. So wow. they've, they've been called out for stuff like that before, but you know, and you have all these people that are supporting that, but at the same time here in my town, I've gotten a lot of support from especially younger people. Um, I'm 45. So, and even, 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 you know, some of the older people that I would have thought would be kind of like, mm, they've been like, yeah, it's time for change. Cause the core, the corner position in our town has had, uh, I had a funeral director reach out to me and say, you know what, I'm, you know, he was basically, he's basically conservative, but he's like, you know, I, I'm voting for you because we need some change. The coroner position has never been challenged. There's never been a democratic challenger. The last 30, last 30 years, it's been strangleholded by the EMS. So like the, the, the last coroner was a, a fireman and the one that I'm running against like I said, he's currently the deputy coroner, but he's an EMT. So it's basically the EMS services of our county have had kind of a stranglehold on it. But it's it's encouraging to see that, you know, so many people, even people that I would not have thought would vote for, you know, the Democratic, you know, gay trans candidate is like, I'm voting for you because we need we need some change. We need, you know, or, you know, this guy brushed me off and was real brusque at, you know, my, you know, my kids viewing and stuff like that so yeah you've got you've heard several stories about the current deputy one being just real crappy to people yeah i have and i don't know the guy personally i mean i i've heard that he's actually a democrat and he just switched to vote on the republican ticket just so he could automatically basically kind of win his primary and if he Mm. is great cool run unopposed yeah run unopposed and you know he could be a great guy i don't know i've never met him but yeah. Yeah. Well, is your point? the uh, these you know small races are totally winnable. So uh, you know, good luck and everything. I mean, we just saw. Thank I, don't you. Know, I can't remember exactly where this was, but uh, I remember reading a story last week of a uh, trans Satanist, uh, and then in quotes it says anarchist when uh, won the shift the position of sheriff. I think this is somewhere in the southwest. I'll look it up. Although it's, a, it's in New Hampshire. It's in New Hampshire. Oh, New I Hampshire. Saw that. I saw that. Yeah, she won the uh, Republican primary. Uh, she's still got to run against the Democratic sheriff, but yeah, she run, won the Republican primary. I remember reading that story. Right. Oh, she was in Keene. That's where I went and knocked doors for Bernie. Heavy libertarian yeah. vibes. Um, yeah, and actually, so that's the that's the thing about this story is I think this person is actually kind of an ANCAP, which not really our thing, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to ask, if you are uh, elected and let's say one of the Pence brothers happens to pass away, would you be at all tempted to maybe 
abuse your authority a little bit and change the name to, I don't know, uh, Elton John McSatan or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask the same thing. You don't have to answer that. That's probably good of you to probably a good idea or not. As, as, as your campaign thing. manager, I advise you to decline to answer that question. <laughs> See, people ask us sometimes why we don't have more candidates on the show. And it's like there's very few who we would have on that going on the show will not damage their candidacy. Yeah. So, uh, well, going on my own show has not damaged my candidate. I don't know if anybody's found it. And so far, there's been no mudslinging about, you know, the horrible, horrible shit that I say on our own shows. <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty awesome if that ended up becoming an ad in on like local te- television. Yeah, that would be that would be great for your show, actually. I mean, yeah. it, it does yeah. seem like that is particularly something that would get under a guy like Mike Pence's skin, given that he is you know, a man of God and must believe in the afterlife to some extent. So the idea that he's, you know, my body is just being handled by some lunatic. I mean, I don't know. It's good. It's good troll. I think me, I don't care. I don't care what the coroner does to me at all. Cause I'm like a, you know, I'm a nihilist about all this, about death. Um, but I would rather not be used for, for Nazi purposes, if I if I die, but other than that, I'm I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I do know that there is um there is a funeral director that's local here. He owns a few ho- a few funeral homes, um, and he's lost business because he is a gay man, and you know he's married, and, and you know he's like like a family guy or whatnot. But there have been people around here in this area. Which the the county there's what about twenty thousand people in there's twenty two thousand yeah. people as of the twenty ten census in, in the whole county, and they've just said no. You know, even though that funeral home it's a family funeral home, it's been in business for a hundred years. They're like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want you know, I don't want a gay man touching my body after I'm dead, and so they refuse to you know get cremated by do you, him. Do you oh. want a straight man touching your body after? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, it's uh, interesting because you know. Um, what they always do this to gay people where they stigmatize and go, you know, what if they're up to something else? What if this person's a, you know, necrophiliac or something? But like, why wouldn't you be asking that about straight people? Anyone that goes into the morgue business is, you know, you might wonder, you know, it's like, yeah, we know, we know uh, a morgue guy and uh, I would take, you know, the, the gayest of gays over this guy. Oh my touching God. My, <laughs> you I know forgot. who I'm talking about. I forgot about Ray Kump. Yeah. There's a comedian in <laughs> in fucking New York who you would just see at open mics and he's just this like ridiculous, you know, slob guy and he would just be like, Yeah, long day at the morgue and then he would go do <laughs> jokes about his dick or whatever. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We we did we did have a uh, funeral home here that uh the guy got fired, obviously, but he got busted uh because he was robbing the dead. Somebody when they uh, yeah when they went to the viewing they noticed that their like familial ring like was not on their mother in law's hand or whatnot. Turns out that guy had like taken the jewelry off the dead, kept it like I don't know what he did with it, but and had like yeah and had like done it to multiple. So like launches investigation and like he had done it to multiple (laughs) multiple people after they died, like robbed the dead. He was just playing World of Warcraft. Loop. Yeah. <laughs> nice work if you can get it. Yeah. Um, wow. Though you you mentioned stand up comedians, and one of the things we got a lot of publicity for is we're actually I got my first troll last night. It was nice. We're actually going to be having Thanks. a uh, 
a, a Zoom comedy special, uh, stand-up special that my, my friend Rivers Langley out in L.A. organized. And like uh, Roy Wood Jr., uh, Gareth Reynolds. My um, favorite podcast, no offense. He got, oh, no, yeah, love that. He got like so – he was like, Gareth Reynolds knows my name. Um, Rivers Langley is going to host it. Uh, Keith Carey's on it. Um, Ana Valenzuela, Brandon Tozzi. Jackie Cashane. Wow, yeah. And all friends. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Like that was something that when we reached out to, I, I told rivers about it just as a, like, Hey, this is neat. You know, cause I've had him on the show. I was like, yeah, Ian's running for coroner. And rivers was like, Oh my God, do you need help? That's so cool. I'm a true crime buff. And you know, the trans thing's kind of a cool angle. And then they just kind of put it together, which was really neat. Yeah. It'll be uh, October 3rd, 8 PM Eastern. Um, it'll, I, I have the, I have the link on, uh, my candidacy Facebook page. It's cool. Ian Dent for Randolph County Coroner. Cool. So, well, right? we yeah, will link in the... everything in the uh, show, um, which awesome. some people listen to our show, but I did see that you got the dollop bump, so that'll probably be the bigger bump of being honest. <laughs> Fans of Dave, yeah. by the way, he's been on the show. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, we're all one big family. Um, all right. Well, before we move on a little bit, uh, I guess, is there anything else you want to do to promote your race or just your show or anything like that before we get to our next story? Um, so you can go on Act Blue. Uh, that's what anyone running under the Democratic Party banner, that's how we have to fundraise. So it's actblue.com. And then Unless you're just Canadian, because I don't think we can. Yeah, no yeah. no, uh, no international donations will be accepted. But really? You know, there's, there's a law about that, yes. Uh, in fact... Uh, one of the James O'Keefe scams that he tried to do was told some Democratic Party workers back in 2016. He's like, I'm Canadian. Can I buy this shirt and donate? Trying to get somebody to say yes so he could be like, aha, foreign interference. Oh. It's James O'Keefe and he's the only one, the only person dumber than him is Jacob Wool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so Act Blue, uh, you can just search actblue.com for uh, Trans Corner or for the Randolph County Democratic. Um, Democratic Party and donate there. And you said you'll, I'm sure you'll, you'll have the link on there. And then our show, you can just go to violetwanderers.com and all of our stuff is there or any podcasting platform, Violet Wanderers. Oh man. Can you imagine if instead of Russia gate, it was Canada gate? <laughs> like right. <laughs> every day on either Fox or MSNBC, they're talking about Canadian collusion and calling people syrup heads or something. Yeah. People would finally know how to pronounce the word Putin. <laughs> right know. it would it would go yeah from Putin to Bhutan aha oh, there's, oh, there nice. it is nice. we see what you did there hey yeah folks hey this over here oh people would be accusing us of being Mounties and shit <laughs> instead of KGB people or whatever I don't know I always get my man so well <laughs> Uh, I guess speaking of the dead, there is uh, no better segue to move into the story of this last week. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, and her incredibly, I don't know how, w even what was motivating this guy, uh, incredibly loyal personal trainer. Did you see that video of her yeah. funeral? <laughs> It was an incredible funeral. Uh, Trump was just booed the whole time, and then her personal trainer just started doing push-ups on the floor. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's a guy who takes his job a little too seriously. 
I saw I mean, somebody on Twitter say they were that he was flexing on her because she couldn't do push-ups for shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this comedian Ian mm-hmm. Abramson said that the video looked like when you're playing a video game and you press the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're playing Red Dead and you accidentally punch your horse or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Liberal online people are losing their minds because Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, finally died after years of kind of Bolsonaroing her way down the stairs to death. You know, she was <laughs> kind of always dying. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's 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 2020, et cetera. So, of course, all the bad things are going to happen. She's dead. And now we have this new situation where, uh, oh, my God, can't believe it. Mitch McConnell is not returning the favor that uh, Obama, you know, gave him in the Merrick Garland thing or whatever. And they're going to put in um, what, is, what is this woman's name? I just remember her middle name is Coney. It reminds me of like Coney 2012 Amy, or something. Amy. Amy Coney Barrett. 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 Yep. There you go. Amy Co- Amy Coney Barrett. Name that rolls right Wait, off the tongue. Just can we just pause for a second with the or, or go back to RGB's trainer for a second, please? Uh, he has he's a trainer in the uh, DC area and has already launched a website called rbgworkout.com. That's what this was about, right? His yes, whole thing absolutely. with the viral videos and shit. Yeah, he's a marketing genius. <laughs> That's the name of the website, and apparently he has his, He's talking about how he's in the special forces and all this stuff, and yet everybody's going to be wanting to train with him now. Uh, oh my God, God. that yeah. is, that is also a very twenty twenty thing. No, that that kind of makes it all make sense because uh, when he started doing those push ups, I remember watching that. And I was like okay, what is happening here? Like, first, just what's happening? And then I was like, okay, what is the motivation of the guy doing it? And I realized, like, he probably thought this is going to go hella viral on, like, resistance lib Twitter as, like, a sign of respect. And what he misgaged was that part because it just seems like you're just... Yeah, like you're just making fun of her dead body, you know? It really, it really does. <laughs> like that Mitch Hedberg joke, oh, you shouldn't wave because what if the person doesn't have a hand, you know? It looks like you're going, what, look what I can do, motherfucker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I mean, what is even the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like, workout, though? Is that you go over to this guy's place and he hands you, like, one pound f- little flimsy weights and you, <laughs> he just picks you up and shit? Yeah, I don't know what he what he means by that uh because yeah, the the it, it, so the RB, the the workout page. Oh, apparently he has a book too called the RBG <laughs> workout and it has to have come out from before he, she died. He, uh, yeah. No yeah, but so he's been planning this for years now cuz <laughs> he's been the long- one that killed her. Yeah, <laughs> totally. check the corner death records. <laughs> but it, the uh, the tag for the book is: Are you as strong and energetic as the no- notorious RBG? You can be. Get the workout plan now. Jesus fuck. <laughs> Leaf collar included. And he's yeah. like, how does she stay so active and energetic? She owes it in part to the twice weekly workout she does with her trainer Bryant Johnson. Well, it's actually she's called. No, oh, go ahead. She's called him the most important person in her life. So he has been keeping her alive, according to this. Um, did he Did he take vacation last 
next week. I was going to what, say, like, this is actually really bad advertising for his <laughs> health plan. <laughs> I, <laughs> she's like literally the worst thing that could happen is she died, you know? Yeah, and it turns out he was feeding her irradium this whole time. That's <laughs> where the cancer came from. Right. His Wait. supplements. Well, everything is just branded around this, and it has been for uh, over a year now. Um, he has train with body justice. <laughs> just everything is like RBG themed. Um, this is his bread and butter. And I think I think, well, you know, I'm kind of starting to starting to empathize with him because his cash cow is gone now. She died. So the only way he can make a living now is by going viral with these push ups to get more octogenarians who want to be like RBG. Yeah, I guess I, that I just. I just know that when I think of just vitality and energy and a, and a personal trainer, I think of the possibly frailest human being that I had ever set eyes on. <laughs> yeah. Also, the other thing about that is that she always, they always compare her to uh, Biggie, who is a huge, right. fat piece of shit. Great rapper, but like notoriously unhealthy and dead, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's because their initials sound kind of alike. Is whoever thought of that definitely took a week off who just discovered that nothing else in common, but it's it's a great little You can do that fun. with anyone's name. Notorious Anders Lee, huh? I don't know. I don't know. She did she did uh she did survive Suge Knight though. No, I think Kamala is uh <laughs> yeah. it's because she's skinny. No, I, I think Kamala is trying to warn us. Kamala is trying to warn us. Tupac is alive and he had the notorious RBG killed. This is what happened. Right. Yes. right. It's all part of the universe that we don't understand. Kamala Harris, by the way, for anyone listening, uh, just said this week that her favorite rapper alive is Tupac, which, oh. uh, <laughs> you know, leads you to go, is she cool. an idiot who does is actually <laughs> lying about being into hip hop, which is kind of what it seems like, or, you know, she knows something we don't. Um, I would I would respect her so much more if she was just like I don't listen to rap. I'm sorry. Just because I'm black doesn't mean I have to know anything about hip hop. Like that would be so much more genuine. I would respect her more if she said that Jeffrey Epstein was her favorite rapper alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he tried. Yeah. But that interview, I I have to get the name of the the reporter who was interviewing her cuz she had a brilliant save because uh, her first response was like, Tupac's dead. And then she quickly stopped herself and was like, oh, you mean like he's lives on? And Kamala's like, yeah, that that's what I meant. That's <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> and then she's like, OK, but not Tupac. Other than Tupac, who's your favorite rapper? And she couldn't come up with anything. She was just like, there are people I could name, but All of them, Katie. Yeah, I want them to stay in their lanes and move on. Next question. And the woman interviewing was just like, "I'm, I'm. This wasn't supposed to be a hard question, but she just totally blew such a layup." Well, I mean, Ugh. she could have said Biggie, although I mean, because he's the other person who comes to mind when you bring up Tupac. But that would also that would, I mean, that would be a ridiculous thing to say is like, who's your favorite part of the Civil War or the North? No, I guess the South, the other one, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just wondering if her favorite rapper is actually Kanye and she's just too yeah. embarrassed to admit <laughs> that, it. That's what I suspected. But I think that's probably because that's the only other rapper she could yeah, think of. And then she's exactly. like, oh, wait, probably shouldn't name him. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys know that the speaking of the Supreme Court, uh, 
in Canada, they all dress like Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They have if you're like a lawyer or any kind of legal, yeah, a lawyer or a judge in Canada or even a legal student, you go like bankrupt paying for the gear that you have to wear in Canadian court. Oh, Just they still these, do the powdered wigs and shit, right? Pretty close to it. Yeah, they do these ridiculous ties like pilgrim ties and the fucking shawls and the robes. It it looks ridiculous, but and they make you pay for like 500 bucks for this shit. Yeah, they all look like King DDD from Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> With a hammer as a gavel. <laughs> oh, shit. Actually, I didn't even realize that. Maybe that's what he's modeled after. Who knows? Yeah. Some other Supreme Court news this week. Uh, Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate who was famously bitten by a bat recently, announced <laughs> that her pick for Supreme Court, if she was elected president, was uh, Alan Dershowitz. I guess she had a list, but on the list, just fucking Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> um, the Dersh, I mean, his. it kind of makes sense because his big, like, cause du jour throughout his career has always been age of consent laws. Right. Which is a libertarian, yeah. like, standard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Cringy. That is that has always been my uh, my go to joke when arguing with libertarians on Twitter is just libertarians or Republicans who smoke pot and know way too much about the age of consent laws in every state. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just like the the hack the hack response that never fails to get them mad. Right. Yeah, everyone knows that one guy when you're in a band and you're on tour and there's a guy who's like really excited to get to like Mississippi or something. You're like, why? Oh, that's why. <laughs> um. It's 13 down there, dude. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do we have anything else on the Supreme Court, Anders? You got anything? Should we move well, on? so the uh, the nominee, uh, Miss Barrett, um, is from the uh, same state as our, our guests. And uh, as I understand it, you've had some run-ins with her and, and Pence, Pence's brother, no. right? No, no. <laughs> that, was, that was me being dumb. Uh, no, she's yeah. She's also part of the People of Praise, like right. Catholic spinoff that famously inspired Margaret Atwood to write The Handmaid's Tale because they call the women in the movement handmaidens. And it is all like creepy. basically basically it is that creepy bullshit. That's exactly what it is. They all answered like one man. So, yeah, no, uh, oh, wow. I don't until she got nominated like. South Bend is way the hell up north. That's Pete, ironically, that's Pete Buttigieg's. And say style. paradoxically, it's it's like up closer to Chicago. So it's his his rust belt, small midwestern, devastated town that's definitely not centered around a like massive international university that employs like sixty percent of the town or something. Yeah, we yeah. can't stop here. It's rat country. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I, I didn't really know a whole lot about her prior to her being nominated. Like she, you know, she might have been from this state, but like, yeah, n no, nothing had ever really crossed our path down here. So okay, well, yeah. <laughs> but the, it's interesting about this um, sect that she's in. As you mentioned, they're Catholic, but it, I think like the big split uh, with people of praise and like broader Catholicism is they're like extra patriarchal like yeah. the catholic church generally doesn't teach or no longer teaches i'm not sure which it is male headship uh which is more of an evangelical thing 
But the people of praise are like, no, 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 we're still Catholics. We do the fucking weird cult, you know, stuff with leaves and blood and yada, yada. We want to keep that. And the man has to be in charge of everything, uh, which is kind of a strange position for a female Supreme Court justice to to take. Like, is her is her husband going to decide what how she votes on on issues? Like, how is that going to work? She'll just listen to all the other guy, all the other you know men. Oh, I've. I might be talking out of my ass here, but if I'm remembering correctly, the person who's like the head of the people of praise, like their mini Pope or whatever would probably be able to, yeah, just call her up and be like, no vote this way. Like if she's following the rules of her own sect, she's uh, right. She's, she's like basically in the Nexium cult. And that every time she votes on something, she has to text the the guy who looks like um, young Mark Maron or whatever from the HBO show. (laughs) I mean, it really is sort of a genius nomination because that the especially going into the election, uh, because the Democrats, I think, rightly to their credit, are going to point out this is a conflict of interest. We, you know, the judiciary should be independent from a church. You know, that's in the Constitution, and then that that fact is going to inflame the Republican base, especially evangelicals who are going to be like, this is religious discrimination. Like she can't, you know, uh, the, the idea that she can't serve on the court because she's a person of faith. That's ridiculous. So it's going to become this referendum on that and, you know, move away from the actual impact and power of the Supreme court, any unprecedented move of, you know, uh, going back on your stated, uh, belief four years ago that we should wait till after the election to nominate someone. Um, and just the utter hypocrisy that these Republicans have. Well, and um, I mean, nobody who's paid attention to the Republican Party is surprised by that. I always tell like your the resistance Twitter types and stuff when they because they'll sit there and go, oh, well, I pointed out your hypocrisy, yeah. slam dunk. And it's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> the Republicans believe in two things. One, the acquisition of power. And two, using that power to hurt the people they have deemed their enemies. And they, if they tell you that he believes something else, they are lying in service of one. And then once you realize that, you realize they're entirely ideologically consistent because their entire ideology is gain power, use that power to hurt the other. So sure, they're going to say that one time, you know, four years ago when Obama was in charge, because that's a way for them to exercise power. And sure, they're going to go back on their word now, because that's once again, it's another way for them to gain power. Right. As soon as you figure that part out, it's real simple. It's like, lib Twitter, listen to me. You cannot call Republicans out on hypocrisy because <laughs> you're, you're, you're taking what they say at face value. Stop it. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting. I was raised conservative evangelical. I know about this shit. Right. You know the yeah. playbook. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I was thinking about that the other day because uh, Mitch McConnell and the Republican senators, basically their excuse is like, OK, we did say that four years ago. But if the Democrats were in our position, they do the same thing, which is not true, but it should be. You know what I mean? The Repu- The Democrats aren't brave enough to actually uh, be as like dedicated as the Republicans are to getting their, you know, priorities passed. Uh, they should <laughs> do the same thing. They should do whatever they can to usurp the Supreme court. Cause it's an undemocratic institution, but they're not going to, if Joe Biden gets elected, 
They're not going to, maybe, maybe they'll be pressured to like add once. No, I I don't think he's going to pack the court. I don't think he's going to do anything. They're just going to use it. It's going to be a perfect foil. They're going to say, look, we would love to pass all this progressive legislation, but we have the Supreme Court that's just going to block it. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, they keep like that as a tool, they use their inability to do anything. You know, yeah. and anything violating that in any way would destroy their entire machine because then you would go, well, why don't you do what you did last time? Right. So, you know, th- that clearly is by design. And at some level, it's like, you know, happening in smoky back rooms or whatever, where they figure out, all right, how are we going to lie to our own base today? You know, but um, uh, further down the, you know, the, the, the tree of power or whatever you've got like people that just kind of vaguely work on these campaigns and stuff and and then you've got the actual like gullible kind of brainwashed resistance lib like twitter people that are um you know that that like worked on the primary campaigns and stuff like that i'm trying to transition into something that happened to me this week which is that i got into a fight with liz smith the uh woman who worked on the Buttigieg campaign speaking of him (laughs) um and what happened? Yep. <laughs> what happened essentially was so because Biden has taken a certain tack in uh you know in 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 uh trying to win over like middle of the road conservative voters and stuff like that and trying to carve out certain coalitions and constituencies and stuff um he, I think, has realized he's not going to win over Latinos in the way that Bernie Sanders did, which is to win over, um, you know, younger Latinos and, and poorer Latinos. And uh, he's not going to have the showing that Bernie had in Nevada, right? So what he's doing a lot with his campaign, and I've talked about this a lot on the show, but like like Hispanic, Latino, these are very vague, amorphous concepts that a lot of, right. also involve a lot of self-identification so statistically they mean a million different things and this is i think why politicians are so bad at like targeting these communities and stuff like that but biden has been going after the conservative cuban vote in florida because he thinks he's going to win florida as the swing state right which is um stupid in my opinion because those people a lot of people don't understand this because you think latino person of color right uh, they're gonna. You, they must be Democrats. They're MAGA people. They're gonna vote for Trump uh, because they are white Cubans whose families fled, you know, Castro when Castro beat Batista and uh, essentially, you know, these people owned plantations and they, Castro took their slaves away and stuff like that, right? So yep. that's where you get this history of conservative Cubans who, you know, quote unquote, fled uh, to Cuba and are very anti-communist, right? So. The Biden campaign rolled out this T-shirt for their, um, you know, their, their, their fucking whatever the fuck they're doing in Florida, their little campaign. Down Wait, there. it was the campaign. It wasn't just this girl. I think it was the campaign. Wow. Uh, I'm blocked up by all of them on Twitter now, so I'll have to look into it. <laughs> but the T-shirt is, you know, Biden is my fucking T.O. or some shit. And then on the back of it, it says 100% anti-fascist, like 100% anti-communista. It's all in Spanish. Um, and then pro-democracy or something like that. But, um, you know, I was making fun of her because, uh, you know, anti-communist, especially in Spanish like that, it just sounds an awful lot like a free helicopter ride, you know, like a... Like a t-shirt like you would see them like Nazis wear. I mean, they literally, uh, you know, they refer to Pinochet a lot in the exact same way. 
And uh, none of these fucking people understood that. And uh, then they, I just got into this huge fucking thing with them. And I don't know. I wanted to talk about it a little bit because it is funny. I think that they don't understand that they are actually kind of talking like Nazis in the right. in an effort to win <laughs> like a democratic race. Um, but oh, here's here's what I got in trouble for. By the way, is I, I it's person who worked for the Buttigieg campaign was, you know, lauding the shirt and saying anti-communista. I love that. Right. So I said, hey, it's a worm working for a rat. Ha ha ha. You know, um, worm referring to the term gusano, which is what Castro called the white Cuban plantation owners and stuff like that. And so they then Googled it and looked it up and looked up some fucking thing that says, you know, technically this is a slur and uh, it's kind of yes, kind of no, mostly no. Um, calling someone Gusano is essentially calling them, you know, like the person who's in a position of power in this situation, right. you it's know, like calling me a honky, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like technically a slur, but not really. It's like calling a cop a pig. Um, or possibly a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and now Andrews hates me. There's <laughs> well done. <laughs> Um, there's a second wave of the, this word kind of existing. It is possible to actually have someone interpret the term Gusano if they're like a non-English speaking person in Florida who isn't actually, you know, a, a rich Cuban. It's been thrown around in, in like in malicious ways. I'd say about 90% of this though is, is, is what we're describing, calling somebody a honky or whatever. Um, but I didn't bring this up when I was talking to Liz Smith because she don't fucking understand that, and she's not these people. She's not, you know, a random like Puerto Rican or something who, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> who would be, you know, caught in the crossfire or something like this. Um, I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting, and so it caused them to, I think, like, uh, remove the post. And I'm really interested to see where this goes because. I'm wondering if this sort of backlash from people online on Twitter, which is a little bit more democratic of a space, just in terms of like, you know, you've got all these like leftists and shit who can tweet at people like this. I wonder if they're going to take the input and realize that it might be a bad idea for like the Democratic Party to start basically saying the quiet part loud and saying we are literally anti-communists, you know? Because that's been the thing that they've sort of had to imply to win over votes from people like Cubans before. But, uh, you know, if you say it out loud, everybody else is going to... You're trying to form a coalition with people that, in theory, kind of are communist sympathetic, you know? Right. Right. And it's... Yeah, my thing with that has always been, like, if you're a liberal, fine. If you're a social democrat, okay. Maybe we disagree we, on some stuff. We agree on some stuff. But... Don't be an anti-communist. Like you, you don't have to be a communist to not be an anti-communist. Like that term, that label has always involved far-right elements. It's always been a cloak for fascism, or you know, at best, McCarthyism. Right? It doesn't take a socialist to understand that what Joseph McCarthy did was fucked up, and that this is easily abused. Things. Uh, people easily lose their rights and are persecuted in the name of anti-communism. And if you're especially if you're a liberal and you believe in this sort of like human rights, like liberal civil liberties bullshit, you should not engage in anti-communism. You shouldn't, you know, uh, dignify it as a as a movement. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that what 
they they you asked if they would take the input i don't think they will i think they would be well served to have somebody on their staff that i hate to say it but that was able to sort of research stuff on like know your meme or 4chan and shit like that to where they at least <laughs> knew where some of this shit was coming from because the the Clinton campaign in 16 was just completely overwhelmed and unprepared for the, you know, great meme war, as it were. Uh, and that sort of shit, like, just plays right into it. And it's it's all loaded language. And like Andrew said, it's very, very easy for that to, to slide down. And then, like you said, the friggin' free helicopter ride bullshit. Like, if I see a shirt that says anti-communist, I'm immediately like, what, are you a member of the Proud Boys? What the fuck? Yeah. So, you know, it's just, oh, it's such a bad look. Like, I don't know. It's 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 kind of right up there with the you ain't black comment to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Remember that chestnut from, what, a month ago? Right, yeah. Who knows, five months ago, two months ago. <laughs> Yeah, who the fuck knows? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of these, like, low-level staffers and stuff like that are not the the people that are deliberately saying this sort of stuff. It's like they, I had people reach out to me and say, hey, I know that person in real life. That's an idiot. Like, it's incredible. They don't even know why this is such a bad thing to say. You know, all they know is that on the face, you know, level or whatever, um, you know, they're, they want the blue guy to win and they believe all these Latin people in Cuba who say that Castro was like a dictator and all this stuff and right. done no research as to, you know, why, <laughs> why people right. in Cuba would say that. And then like, you know, there's just this distortion with, uh, with Cuban like exiles and stuff where everybody who works in America and who works around these people, especially the ones that get into politics has the experience of like, well, a hundred percent of the Cuban people I know hate Castro and you go, well, yeah, that's because the other ones are still in Cuba. Like, what do you mean? You because because you're in Florida, you know. There's this like an interesting distortion of information there, right? And it's also, you know, the Anna Navarros of the world are sort of coming into the Democratic fold. They have they're with a lot of them are with the Never Trump crowd, and they're much more influential than communists in, in terms of the Democratic Party. So that's seeping into the rhetoric absolutely yeah i mean they've said as much as they're going to try to run (laughs) biden for this reason as a cadillo which is like a fucking latin american strongman so they're essentially going to try to run him as like a pinochet or like i don't know some kind of weird like carlos well probably because i mean that is the reason that a lot of those people like trump is because he's kind of a strongman or whatever so he's basically trying to portray himself as like I mean, basically, like somebody the fucking CIA would install, and he's openly, you know, talking about Juan Guaido and uh, fucking shit that they're gonna do in Honduras if they win and stuff like that. And um, what's the other one? There's like a third. I guess escaping me right now. But uh, oh, right, and also like, <laughs> I mean, he's not trying to speak Spanish, but he did do that Desposito shit, which was pretty funny, where he just played like the. <laughs> he just played it with his phone. <laughs> yeah. He had no idea what it was, what was happening. It's a miracle he even managed to get it to play. Like, they definitely had a staffer load it for him and say, like, okay, don't touch anything until it's time and test this, press this button exactly and do nothing else. Yeah, and he, like, fucked it up and it took a minute to start and shit. (laughs) I don't know. 
I am excited to like if they're going to take this strategy to see him eventually try to do whatever the fuck he's going to do in portraying himself as sympathetic to Latin Americans on some level because it's going to involve him wearing a hat or something or like growing a mustache. (laughs) Something that isn't speaking Spanish because I don't think he's gonna fucking attempt it. Man, can't even like really speak English. Uh-huh. You know. Oh God! If he shows up to an event in a sombrero, just <laughs> just just shoot now. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm I'm ready for I'm I'm ready for the meteor. Yeah. <sighs> well, I want. I, I hate to sound like a doomer, but dear Lord. No, yeah, I do. <laughs> I definitely just want the last thing I see to be him, just like. God, I don't even fucking know. You know, he's him just trying to redo that viral video, the Cholo guy singing Fleetwood Mac songs or something. Like, you guys like this. <laughs> Jesus he Christ. He tries to do that, and he ends up imitating Ron Paul. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of... Also, for, for your listeners, my husband didn't just fall mute. Um, our daughter came home. Her grandma dropped her off, so he's just downstairs. He'll, he'll be back up in a minute, I'm sure. Dad, All good. Dad you know. stuff coroner duty yep. calls who knows you could yeah. have to be, to be summoned by the coroner light to go out and um look yeah. at a dead person yeah it could be a car crash on i-69 five minutes you know five minutes from now and then it's up oh, oh, gotta go like once he gets the job obviously <laughs> but yeah um well we should probably round out i wanted to finish the story or this week's episode with a door a story um about the police, since, you know, that's obviously uh, still a thing. It's going on in the world, right? Mm-hmm. It's a thing of great We debate. still have police, um, unfortunately. So, yeah, the cops are out of fucking control. Uh, they're, like, biking over people's heads. They're uh, shooting themselves and then blaming it on protesters. I don't know if you saw that. After the Breonna Taylor uh, news came out, there was, uh, you know, news that two cops had been shot by a, a protester, and then it turned out afterwards one of the cops was he sh- he, it self-inflicted bullet wound. He just blamed on some black guy. Ouch. Awesome. Yeah. I did not see that that was the update. I have seen, like, all of the police brutality videos because a friend of my show, past guest on my show, Greg Doucette, on Twitter has been uh, collecting all of them. I think he's in the high 900s now for... Uh, just the number of incidents, and then he's got multiple videos of each incident, and it's just as all the freaking police brutality videos. He's just got like a mega thread of them. I yeah. mean, this is a you know an important reason why people should run for and become coroners is because I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but a lot of times something that's clearly a, a murder from by a police officer ends up as a you know, an accident or inflicted for some other reason or, oh, they actually had diabetes and that made the bullet uh, kill them harder, you know, something like yeah, that. And so if we that had, is one of the. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to. Yeah. If we had better corners and that would hopefully yep. not be an, an issue. One of the things that Ian is running for and like, I wish he was able to come back up right now and, and do it. But I, I'm his campaign manager. I can do it. Married and campaign manager. What a, you know, who'd have thought it? But yeah, one of the things is if our county has been really low on COVID numbers, like really, really low, like suspiciously low, like I like maybe 5% of every other county around us low (laughs) as far as per, per capita. Like we have a small population, but I'm saying like 
Yeah. And between that and then, like you said, suspicious deaths, um, any sort of death in police custody, like that takes a coroner to sign off and say, well, yeah, actually, he did have a gun in the back of the police car. And even though his hands were cuffed behind him, he did manage to shoot himself in that in the forehead. Yeah. Like that he sort shot of stuff it with his mouth. He uh, yeah. tried to shoot the cop and then the bullet bounced back and. Yeah, Get a magic that, bullet thing in the head. Yeah, That is the sort of stuff that a coroner can properly prevent. And I think because we had a lot of people ask us, you know, well, why is coroner even an elected position? And I think one of the reasons that it should be elected, honestly, if it's going to be a position rather than appointed, is if it was appointed, then it's like, oh, well, the police chief says, OK, well, you're the coroner now. Or the mayor says, you're the coroner now. And then something's suspicious comes up and they go, well, if you don't, you know, you're appointed, you're not elected. So if you don't do this the way we say you should, we'll just fire you and find someone who will. Whereas if you're an elected coroner, like you don't have that pressure on you. You just have to answer to the voters as opposed to answering to either the mayor, the chief of police, or I guess really the coroners, mostly with the sheriff's office, but it does in the, in the, in small towns like ours, it will wind up you know, he's not part of the sheriff's department or the police department, but he's going to have to interact with them when there's dead bodies involved. Mm. But yeah, one of the main things was anytime we have these suspicious deaths, be it from, uh, like I said, the COVID thing, or be it from a police shooting or a domestic violence with a pillar of the community that, you know, is supposed to get hushed up, anything like that, he has the ability and the opportunity to go, no, 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 no. This is fishy and we're doing an autopsy. I'm ordering an autopsy. As opposed to, oh, yeah, no, sure. I'll write down whatever you want. Yep. Yep. Sure right. thing. Sure thing there, boss. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, if this is all at all something that interests you and you're listening or you think you might be able to get somebody else's campaign off the ground, look into the local rules for how to run for sheriff, because it's like these things are different from county to county to state to state or whatever, apparently. But um I, a friend of ours, Josh Androsky, ran for sheriff of the LAPD once. It was very funny, and he, you know, uh, I don't know how well he would have done or whatever, but um, turned out that you had to actually serve as a police officer for some amount of time. But I don't know if that's the rule uh, across the board. I don't know. Look it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could run for sheriff, and then these, you know, these things are uh, obviously related to each other, and you could be able to regulate maybe from the inside. I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, why not? You know, this goddamn yeah. ANCAP did it. Um, right. Or, or park board or, you know, uh, state or, or state auditor or there's all kinds of like local offices that could commissioner, be commissioner, city commissioner, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> all right. Let's talk about the fucking pigs. I uh, did a little research this week and um, found something. Right. So we've got this like looming tech apocalypse sort of goes hand in hand with capitalism you know these robot dogs that we've been watching on the uh boston whatever fucking robot school website have been uh finally seen in the wild something that brett o'shea from rev left radio pointed out today could be a beautiful thing if they were used to uh you know serve us instead these fucking Black Mirror guard dogs will likely be our, uh, you know, our security guards, our uh, whip hand, you know, they have cameras on them. Uh, And we're also seeing something extremely dystopian in the gear that 
the police are being armed with. We talk a lot about how like the police sh- shit comes from just imperialism. It just comes from fucking stuff we do overseas, you know. But uh, there's another weird like uh, fucking I don't even know what I would call this. Another avenue that they've been acquiring scary video game gear from. And uh, it's just these, like, private security companies. Like, I used to talk on the show a lot about the one out in Denver, Front Range Patrol. Um, well, I looked into something this week because a tweet went viral exposing basically, like, shock shields, taser shields that the police were armed with in Memphis. And, Jesus. you know, essentially, it's it's a little buckler, little circular shield that you can see through it has... Uh, you know, electrical capabilities. And I looked into the story because I was curious whether we're just going to start seeing these in the streets or whatever. And the Memphis Police Department swears up and down that, um, you know, they only brought them out for a moment and they realized that it's bad optics. And so they went ahead and took them, you know, back inside. And they only did them because protesters had gone inside of a courthouse or something. And, you know, they need to protect whatever, right? Um, And, uh... You know, that fine or whatever, that's sort of a scary visage of things to come. But I went ahead and looked up where they got the shields from, though. And uh, it turns out it's a company called Compliant Technologies. These shields are $900 a piece, by the way, if you're interested in purchasing one for, you know, (laughs) personal use. Uh, (laughs) And uh, ComplientTechnologies.net, I'll link this in the show description or whatever. It fucking rules because they have these shields for sale sure but the shields are like the ninth item on the list the main thing that they've been pushing which they clearly is their prize product or maybe they just made too many of them or something is something called the g-l-o-v-e with you know periods like it's an acronym generated low uh output voltage emitter which is a glove that shocks people like fucking force lightning from star wars um the website reads, ideal for law enforcement, correction, security agencies, non-threatening and de-escalating, humane, low current output, at the user's disposal through the force continuum, not easily taken away, <laughs> affordable with no additional operating costs, right? So they sell these gloves that have like a taser inside of them, and there's there's like video of them on the website i'll sort of incorporate some of it into the podcast but there's all these videos of them using these weapons that they make like at, on each other in an instructional fashion on top of like a big blue gym mat or something and uh <laughs> what's interesting is i mean first of all they come in all different like colors and uh you know variations there's a fingerless oh, shock glove you can buy if you are uh you know of the legion of skanks persuasion or something um <laughs> jesus christ yeah it the, sounds like a freaking inspector gadget villain factory or something it's yeah i was thinking like this is literally what superheroes are you know like this like in comic books it's oftentimes someone without superpowers is just has access to this type of technology so there are probably like vigilante cranks out there who are gonna yeah, buy absolutely this absolutely batman shit yeah yeah i mean some of this stuff is like literally just like the exact same product has you know been seen in like uh spider-man or batman or something like that let me find the products page here. So the gloves are pretty cool. I mean, honestly, 
I think you can just buy these. I do kind of want to get a pair of shock gloves, not for police purposes, <laughs> just for I want to be able to shock people with my hands. That does sound pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another product below the shock gloves called an E-band restrictor, which is essentially like a shock dog collar type thing with a remote control, but you just put it on someone's arm or leg and then lock it onto them. And, uh, and you can watch a video of two cops doing it to each other <laughs> to demonstrate, you know, how to fucking apprehend someone or whatever. Um, there's another one that's called an E-Vest, which is literally an entire Kevlar vest that they just took the Kevlar out of and put shock panels into. So you can just shock someone's entire torso. Um, Are you just going to bear hug them and turn it on? What? No, I think this is after you detain them, you put the vest on them. Oh, And then you okay. just fucking can shock this person. You know, you've got handcuffed or whatever. Um then the shields and the shields by the way i'll read you some of the description here compliant technology shields protect users during rioting civil disturbances and other operations based upon agency needed our shields come in a variety of shapes sizes and capabilities these capabilities range from conducted electrical weapon high frequency distracting sound to disorienting pulsating light <laughs> so oh they scream they light Ooh. up and they shock people <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, these features can be used separately or in unison depending on the shield model. The tools are designed to give users flexibility and humane tactical advantage over large crowds and individuals. Then, listed after that, is just an item with no real description, simply referred to as the claw. <laughs> the claw. There it is. Yeah. Well, there's the inspector gadget villainy. It's The claw is, if you look at it, you can eventually sort of see... A further description and like a, a demonstration video. The claw is a, a scary black spiked version of one of those long arm grabber things that the bodega guy uses to get stuff off the top shelf or like the little grabber thing you would get with a dinosaur head on it from like Six Flags when you were a kid. But it's huge. And so they say that they use them for prison riots to just like from like you know a fucking balcony just like reach down and grab someone um there's also an e-baton which is basically a, a shot like a police baton with a shock capability which is if you're a final fantasy fan literally the turk reno this is what he uses to fight you <laughs> the anime guy yes um and then finally, there's something called glove sticks, G-L-O-V-E, with all the periods, sticks, which looks like a pair of nunchucks, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm confused on what it is. It says, eliminates odors, inha in inhibits bacteria growth for 10 years, starts noticing a difference in 24 hours, neutralizes smell, absorbs moisture. I think that you're supposed to put these inside of the gloves or something, but it also looks like nunchucks. I can't really <sighs> tell. It's like a companion product. Friggin' nerds. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know that that's basically all they sell as products. They sort of list a, a number of other companies that they work with. That's uh, pretty disturbing on the bottom of their page. Uh, most of them are surveillance companies or like fucking self-defense kung fu companies. One of them is called Best Defense Concepts. Subtitle: Train smart, fight dirty. So. They just teach you how to punch people in the balls and stuff. Pretty weird. Um, but more importantly, the reason I wanted to talk about this, other than it's uh, fucking weird and funny, is that 
what they've used to sort of sell all of these electric weapons is uh, essentially this language you see over and over again on the website, which is that it's extremely non-lethal and, um, you know, barely you'll barely feel it. It's uh, it's humane. And uh, let me see if I can find the the description for the glove it's available through the use of the force continuum like an invisible partner enhances the user's ability when operating within the continuum while utilizing their agencies already established tactic techniques and procedures whether on their own or they're in mass yada 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 um you'll see i don't know sift through the website you'll see see, sort of see this thing they keep vamping on which is that this isn't very strong electrically right it's only in fact uh, you know, a hundred to two hundred and fifty volts, which, and if you're an electrician and you know anything about this, feel free to you know email the show or whatever and correct me on this. Um, I'm I do I do a lot of maintenance and stuff. I know enough. If you really want a quick explainer, <laughs> well, tell me if I'm wrong about this because I did a little research on what seemed like to me to some deceptive language, and I read about uh, how they advertise the voltage capabilities of like tasers and stuff like that and stun guns when they sell them for self defense. And mm-hmm. essentially, what it seems to me is that compliant technology is selling these like crazy anime, you know, RoboCop weapons, and they're shouting very loudly like it's only 120 volts it's not very many volts right but right the actual thing that determines how painful a an electrical charge is going to be is not the volts it's uh the like charge continuum or something which is measured in hmm. micro it's the, micro it's the amperage it's the amperage right so, so yeah volts are the amount of water and amperage is the speed at which it's running right well, felix felix not right now not no <laughs> so like if you have 10,000 volts and that's a very wide river but if it's at a way low amperage it's moving very slowly through it's not going to hurt much and you can have 100 volts and a really high amperage you've got like a pressure sprayer is the easiest way to kind of describe it. Right. Okay, so volts times amperage, basically, the, the pressure uh, coming out of... The, the amount of uh, electricity coming at a certain rate via pressure. Um, yeah. I've, if I'm to understand what I was reading earlier, that then gives you the thing that you can measure, which will be the amount of you know electricity that's entered the body, which you know, creates a certain amount of pain, right? And so if you look up yeah. stun guns and tasers and stuff like that, you know, when you're trying to order one on fucking Amazon or for whatever reason, um, you'll see that uh, the output of like this one I've got pulled up in front of me is 1.25 microloms, which they say over one microlom is uh, enough to sort of render unbearable pain, right? Well, yep. let me pull up the fucking stun gun here the baton the um reno spider-man villain cattle prod thing so the microloms that are actually coming out of the e-baton for example uh 84 to 105 coulombs yeah so this is you shock a cow with this this is not the same as a stun gun um yeah, I don't know. Uh, deceptive, scary. Don't believe them when they tell you it doesn't shock you that much. I guess is what I'm getting at. <laughs> um. Anyway, 
yeah, uh, keep your eye, keep an eye out out there, Antifa super soldiers. If you, you start to you know notice the uh, <laughs> second level electricity cop coming at you, um, maybe we, let's look uh, into like rubber suits or something that we can use yeah. to. Or can we order these? Can we just fill a U-Haul filled with these fucking suits and gear and shit? That's actually a good point because I, they're non-lethal, so I guess we could just use them in self-defense. Yeah. I definitely um, want to get some shock hands. I think they look kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful with them with all the, that, like you said, that microloms. Um, yeah, I mean, I would imagine there's there's a number of foam insulation things you could do with shields to prevent a lot of that shock stuff. Um, Electricity is not my specialty, but it is something that I've had to deal with before because I work in manufacturing. So, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, everybody t- dress up like the Michelin Man, and we should be golden. Yeah, and I don't. I haven't figured out yet quite how to combat the claw, but uh, as soon as I figure it out, I'll I'll go ahead and put it on the podcast. Maybe some sort of gigantic bodega cat that we bring with us into battle. <laughs> it just it knocks the protesters away like it's a roll of toilet paper. The guy's trying to grab. I don't know. Um. All right. Well, I think we should probably get out of here. Um, once again, uh, let's see. Plugs anyone before we go. Andrew. Uh, at Andrew Lee here on Twitter. And um, this is an electoral. We talked to a, a candidate on the, today's episode. And I'm, I'm sort of wary at of <laughs> plugging volunteering for candidates because my track record so far has not been great. Uh, but that's <laughs> just going to be the case the on the left. death. Yeah, I don't know if I should or not, but uh, I, this is going to be the um, the uh, which the time that it works is with these two great candidates who I've been may or may not have been putting a little time for uh, Paula Jean Swearingen, who is the nominee, Democratic nominee in West Virginia. Uh, even if she doesn't win, it'll still be a pretty big deal because um, she's running as a you know pretty far left candidate for for West Virginia, uh, Medicare for all, Green New Deal, uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, so phone bank for her. Also, Ed Lazare in uh, D.C., where I'm at, is running for at-large city council. Uh, please vote for him if you're a D.C. resident. Everybody gets two votes on at-large councilor, council member. Um, and uh, we need help phone banking for him. So he's he would be somebody who would be able to actually uh, finesse the budget. He knows the budget like the back of his butt and uh, would be able to defund the police with enough with enough support. And this would give DSA in D.C., uh, I think, the highest percentage of DSA members in um, a legislative body in the country, because we also have um, Janice Lewis-George coming in. So. Those are two good candidates. Ed Lazare, Apology and Swearingen. Check them out and please help if you can. Cool. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, once more, I guess, where uh, can everyone donate to the campaign for Corner? Oh, okay. So uh, you can go on Act Blue and go to the uh, Randolph County Democratic Party page, or uh, I think it's uh, secure.actblue.com front slash trans coroner is his specific one or you can just search for trans coroner it'll take you to uh ian's page which once again i'm sorry that he got pulled downstairs and is having to handle the kids stuff oh no here comes back just in time to say bye uh, 
sorry. Uh, I thought it was my mother, like dropping our daughter off, but it was actually a friend who's. Oh, so you weren't being a good dad after all. You've abandoned us to just go talk to somebody else. Yeah, I no, I, she was taking like <laughs> pictures of uh, like spiders and praying mantises oh, wow. on her property and stuff. So I was giving her the tour. Um, cool. But you can you can follow um, our show at Violet Wanders on Twitter. Find us online, violetwanders.com. And Ian, you can find his candidacy on Facebook, just uh, Ian Dent for Randolph okay, County Coroner. Corner. And he doesn't really do Twitter, though. So No, I don't. I'm bad at <laughs> it. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's our pluggables, I guess. Cool. cool. Yeah, I don't blame you for not using Twitter. It's not good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, you know, our show. Hey, if you were a fan of our show, why don't you give us a review on iTunes? It'll help the show out. And uh, if you like to listen to more of our show and give us money, you can give us $5 on Patreon for bonus episodes. And uh, we have merch for sale. Oh, yeah. We we got to get and our latest one is with Mike Davis, who can teach you a fuck of a lot about like botany and how that relates to socialism. It's awesome. Incredible. I'd be interested in that one. I yeah, love, you love I, botany. I love botany. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Uh, stay safe out there. Look out for uh, electricity. It could be coming from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. finished. It's, it's zapped. Finished.
Dr. Paul? 